0: Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now, your host, the editor in chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. As always, we are live on Sunday nights and we are crushing it on Twitter. I'm just, I'm so excited because. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into the show. People don't see all the behind the scenes things that go on. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's a it's it's something I love, but it's something that's a lot of work. <laughs> and, you know, when um, I pay all the money for the show to be streamed out and all these different services and then, uh, you know, sometimes I would have it on Twitter and I would see like, you know, three views or five views. It was crazy. And now thousands of people are watching us on Twitter, uh, among other places, and we're starting to uh, really uh, pick back up again with all the downloads. And because last year I was, you know, sporadic, I wasn't doing the show every week because of my, you know, personal situation, uh, you know, the divorce and all of that, uh, which most of you know about what's going on. And I'm still struggling, you know, through all that, but I'm back now doing the show every week. And uh, loving it. And um, it's just great to see all the downloads, all the people watching online and especially over on Twitter. Okay, so a lot is going on. By the way, if you're new, my name is Jim Paris and my website is ChristianMoney.com. And uh, I went up to St. Augustine this morning. I got up there super early. Uh, I got up at like 530 this morning. Uh, got dressed and everything, went over to Starbucks, got a little bit of something over there. Uh, Then I drove up to St. Augustine, uh, which on Sundays is free parking. So I wanted to take advantage of that. So I got free parking uh, on the street up there. And so I got a little bit of breakfast up there and I filmed three videos in St. Augustine. So two of those are already posted on my Facebook page. And then one of those I'm going to be editing um, later tonight, which is going to be going up. But... What that video is all about, the one that I that I'm editing, it's going to be, you know, have a lot of graphics in it and all that good stuff, which, by the way, don't be mad at me. <laughs> I am starting to post a little bit on TikTok, tock. And um, one of the I, I remember back when I used to do a lot of TV appearances and I don't want to mention any, you know, Christian TV shows, but I've been on all of them. And all of all the major ones. I mean, name it. I've been on it. And I remember I would get uh, emails from people. People would tell me they were upset with me that I'd go on certain shows that maybe weren't too solid theologically. <laughs> but I always said, you know what? If if they let me come on there and say what I want to say, and what I want to say is solid theologically, then I'm going to take advantage of the platform. And so I have started posting a little bit on TikTok. Because I'm hearing so much about it and I'm talking to people, you know, that are uh, in the financial industry and they're telling me they're getting huge results from it. So, yeah, I'm doing that. But anyway, back to this video that I filmed earlier. It is about my book, which is the uh, book called Credit Scoring Secrets, How to Raise Your Credit Score 100 Points in 100 Days. So that book really outlines the strategy that I have uh, taught to thousands of people how to fix their credit score. And this is because I I continue to get phone calls from people who have scores in the 500s and they want help. They want to know what they can do. And that's in particular because now that I'm working again back uh, in the mortgage industry and uh, have access to almost 200 lenders and people are getting in touch with me about home loans and refinances and all that kind of thing. Uh, So I did a video kind of boiling down the meat of that book Credit Scoring Secrets, and that video is going to actually go into post-production later tonight after the show, and then it will be posted probably first thing on Monday morning. So look for that. If you're somebody that has a credit score in the 500s or maybe even in the 400s, how to boost your score 100 points in 100 days. Okay, so this is really the big story, and it's getting a lot of coverage, but probably not as... Nearly as much as it deserves. The United States Energy Department now says that COVID-19 was likely leaked from a lab. Well, well, well. Isn't that what we've been saying now uh, almost from the very beginning? And in fact, I got YouTube strikes for even saying that it might have come from a lab. And now my YouTube channel is gone. So who do I talk to about getting my YouTube channel back? This is the problem with these social media censors is that what they're censoring is the truth. And so now we know, and uh, this is going to create more problems for Anthony Fauci uh, who really downplayed any chance that this could have been a leak from the lab, but we're going to see what happens with all of this. Uh, This just coming out today uh, in the news uh, from the energy department And, uh, you know, speaking of China, it looks like China is considering aligning themselves with Russia in the war uh, over there uh, with with Ukraine. So this is going to be interesting to see what happens, because the United States has now warned China uh, that they better not get involved. They better not be helping Russia. But at the same time, the CIA released uh, a report predicting that that's exactly what will happen. Uh, so what are we going to do? So this is really a proxy war. It, it has become a full-blown proxy war between us and Russia and now possibly China. And so what are we going to do about it? If China jumps in on the side of Russia, what are we going to do? Uh, I mean, there are so many ties to China just economically between our country and China, like where your iPhone is made and and everything else. It You just wonder... Uh, how that would work just with the economics of it if we were to completely cut off from China. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting days ahead to watch what happens with all this. Uh, so this is from the Daily Caller. And I've been, I've been warning about this now for going back at least three years. And I say warning because I think this is dangerous. But the story is this, that institutional investors, such as banks and real estate firms, are on track to own 40% of the single-family rental homes in the United States by 2030. Isn't that shocking? So we're talking about in about seven years that when you go out to rent a place to live, that 40% of the single-family rentals on the market will be owned by institutions. And what I'm concerned about with that, you know, I I don't know. I, I just like the idea of Americans, of, of, of individual Americans owning real estate. There's just something traditional about that. And I just have this really terrible feeling that if institutions buy up all of the homes, I don't know what that does to our neighborhoods. I don't know what that does to the fabric of our towns. If we basically turn our towns into largely institutional uh, institutionally owned homes. It's going to be like the old the old factory towns. And as it is, uh, people are struggling enough to be able to pay rent. And I think if these institutional big uh, buyers get involved to this extent owning single family rentals, it's going to do nothing but drive up the prices. Uh, so that is um, in the daily caller today. And this has been a growing trend that Wall Street is basically seeing what's happening with real estate. They're seeing what's happening with inflation. And they're saying, let's take some money off the table with stocks and let's move over into something that really will directly benefit from inflation. And that is real estate. Real estate is uh, really the sweetheart when it comes to inflation. That's where you want to have money in times of high inflation. And it, it tells you what Wall Street is thinking. They're obviously looking at inflation down the road and, and significant inflation like going back to the nineteen seventies. And we're already at those levels of inflation. But it looks like that's probably going to continue. And that's uh indicated by the number of um, you know, uh of institutions now getting involved with single family rentals. I, I mean I get it with the apartment buildings, you know, even the fourplexes and the eightplexes and that kind of thing. But just the idea, you drive down uh, Main Street in America, and that 40% of the rental homes are going to be owned by institutions. I just don't like it. I don't see any positives from it, either culturally or economically for Americans. Okay, so one of the videos I did this morning was I was standing at a gas pump filling my car up with gas, and I was mentioning that so far in the last two years, I was just looking at the app and I have almost $400 now in free Amazon gift cards that I've gotten just by using this app on my phone when I buy gas and I can buy gas anywhere I want. I don't have to go to a special gas station. I pick my own gas station and then I check in on the app based on my location. I click on it and then it gives me cash back. And so this morning on my fill up, I got ten dollars cash back and uh because there's like a referral program too so if you tell your friends about this app you'll get a little bit of money too when they uh buy gas so to make a long story short i've gotten almost 400 dollars in gift cards i take my cash back in the form of an amazon gift card but that's not required you can just get the money you know put it in your paypal account if you want to do that um I spend a lot of money on Amazon. It's where I buy like all my, you know, toiletries and my coffee and stuff like that. So, so, you know, there's usually money, you know, every week going to Amazon. So I get these cards and use them, add them to my account. So if you want to find out about the Upside app and you want to put that on your phone and start earning this cash back like I am, let me tell you the best way to go about doing it. If you go to my blog, which is jameslparis.medium.com jameslparis.medium.com if you go there you'll see the top article that's pinned to the top of my blog it tells you how to do this and included in that article is a special bonus code if you use that you'll get an additional large bonus on your first fill up of gas so check that out go to my blog jameslparis.medium.com okay i must have missed this story But apparently in recent weeks, a man survived at sea uh, for days solely on ketchup. Wow. I like ketchup. Not sure I'd want to survive at sea on it. But now Heinz Ketchup is apparently going to buy the guy a brand new boat. How cool is that? Uh, I don't remember this story. I think it was in England uh, where this happened. And uh, this guy's going to get... going to get a, a new boat out of it. So there you go. That, that's like the perfect template for influencer. You, you see all these books now on Amazon, influencer marketing, and you, you have the, these people like the Kardashians, all these people, you know, that are quote unquote influencers and they promote certain things and get free stuff and they get paid a lot of money. Well, here's a guy uh, stranded at sea. I, I hope this is true because there's so many scams out there, right? That you could just imagine somebody faking being stranded at sea so they can get uh, some publicity and get a free boat out of it. But he had no way to know that, of course. And I'm sure it's true. Uh, but now Heinz Ketchup is going to uh, apparently buy the guy a brand new boat. I love that. All right. So Chick-fil-A, which is a super family-friendly restaurant. And I have not, I have not been to Chick-fil-A in, I don't know, I'm going to say maybe a year. Only because I've been trying, and I emphasize the word trying, to eat better. And... uh Although I love Chick-fil-A, I'm not so sure it's very healthy that, you know, these these fried chicken sandwiches and the waffle fries and all that. But it's interesting that uh, a Pennsylvania Chick-fil-A has now created a new rule because of rowdy teenagers causing chaos. And the new rule is this, that if you are 16 years of age or under, uh, if you're under if you're under the age of 16, I should say. Then you're not allowed to eat inside the restaurant. You can get the food and you can take it to go if you're under 16. But if you're not at least 16 years old, then you have to take it to go or you have to be there with an adult. And you know what? I have no problem with this policy. This is a private business and they apparently have had a, a huge amount of problems. They've had vandalism, they've had displays stolen. Uh, they've had, I guess, uh, you know, damage in the bathrooms. They've had other customers harassed. They've had employees harassed. They have had vulgar language, uh, arguments, loud, uh, loud discussions. They've asked people to tone things down, to stop the horseplay, the young people, and they didn't do it. And, uh, it's, it's created a lot of chaos in the restaurant. And now they're saying enough is enough. If you're not 16, you can buy the food and take it to go. Uh, Otherwise, you got to be in here with an adult. And I don't have a problem with that. And this is one of the reasons, honestly, why I don't go to as many movies because of the problem of young people in the movies. I have no problem with young people, you know, being without adults, except for the fact that it just seems like today's younger generation uh, is just out of control. And I I know that I'm going to sound like an old man saying that. uh, But when we went to movies when we were teenagers we wanted to see the movie. Uh, we'd buy our popcorn and everything and go in and quietly enjoy the movie with everybody else. We didn't want to go into a movie and create distractions and problems and have loud discussions and that sort of thing. We would never want to do that because we want to watch the movie. And uh, I used to go to a lot of movies as a teenager. I don't remember any uh, teenagers causing trouble Back in my day in a movie theater or, you know, you go out to a restaurant, you want to go out there and have a nice meal and be with your friends and have fun, of course. But to go out there and start, you know, uh, damaging spray painting inside the bathroom, uh, vandalizing, stealing displays, it's I don't know. I I just don't remember my generation doing that. Uh, Were we a little loud at times? Yeah, but that would probably be the worst thing. But these restaurants They have to create an environment for families that want to come in there and sit down and eat. And how do you do that if you've got a table of, you know, 10 or 12 rowdy teenagers that are out of control and um, are not probably given any boundaries or discipline at home. So they figure that no rules just right. They can go out and act like that at a restaurant and uh, kudos to uh, Pennsylvania, this Pennsylvania Chick-fil-A. So this is in the national news and uh, I'm not sure what the corporate headquarters of Chick-fil-A uh, has to say about this, I would guess they're going to support them because um, they are very level-headed for the most part. Chick Fil A, uh, so I would assume that um, they're not going to have any trouble with their corporate office. All right, I am seeing more and more stories promoting the idea of a four-day work week. I really love this idea. Uh, in my own case, I work pretty much seven days. <laughs> so, but I I work. I'm I'm someone that is pretty much self-employed I mean what I do as a loan officer I am technically uh, an employee um, but I'm remote so and I do a lot of other things I'm a writer as well of course and do this this show and maintain my websites but I in other words I can make my own schedule so working seven days a week is not a problem because some days I could just work for maybe four hours and take the rest of the day off so I find my times to take off to take care of myself, to exercise and have, you know, me time and all that kind of thing. Um, But this idea of the four day work week where people would work like a 10 hour day for four days and then get off three days. I like this. And I think that um, I don't know, I I really feel recharged after the weekend. And then on occasion, if I'm able to do like three days off in a row, it almost feels like uh, I've been on a two week vacation. It really does recharge you, I think, to get that extra day instead of just the two days off, Uh, because I know people that do the nine to five and they they have a commute to get into work. So the truth is, by the time they do the commute and they do the eight hour shift and then they get back home, if they've got kids and all that, they're, they're barely they barely have enough time to get some dinner and then go to sleep. And then you figure on Saturday, they've got to run all their errands and do their grocery shopping and they're already exhausted from the week. So maybe they get like really one day where they can just relax. So this would be really, I think, a nice change. And um, I think this is a compromise possibly that corporate America is arriving at in response to a lot of people being upset that were remote because of COVID. Now they're being told they've got to come back into the office. So what we're seeing is, okay, you were remote, you've got to come back into the office, but maybe we're going to only make you come in to the office three or four days. And then maybe you can work a little bit from remote, you know, remote from home. So I think that's part of the adjustment um, that is going on. Okay, so let's get into some cryptocurrency here tonight. got a sip of uh, coffee there to keep my voice going. Uh, Bitcoin is moving up again, and they're predicting it will hit... Uh, $30,000 here uh, shortly. Uh, right now, as I'm doing the show uh, live, it's at $23,431. Uh, but they're saying within the matter of a couple of weeks, we could be back to $30,000. Uh, so, what's really significant about this move with Bitcoin is that a lot of people were predicting. Once Bitcoin broke through 20,000 and it was in the teens again, a lot of people said, that's it. It's over. It's going to end up at 10. Maybe it's going to end up at five. Maybe it's going to go to zero. And so we're starting to see Bitcoin rebuilding and re, uh, you know, retracing a nice chart going up. And so uh, thirty thousand (laughs) dollars. And just to imagine people could have gotten in uh, for pennies in 2009, thirty thousand dollars. Uh, is where Bitcoin is headed, according to experts, currently at twenty three thousand. And then Ripple XRP, which of course um, I have been talking about for many years, Ripple XRP is at thirty eight cents. And one of the reasons I still am very optimistic about Ripple is because um, this litigation with the Securities and Exchange Commission, as time has gone on, it looks really more and more like that case is going to be settled. And the fact that Ripple is a centralized currency compared to most of the other cryptocurrencies, which are decentralized, meaning that decentralized means it's hard for the government to track who has it. It's hard for the government to to tax it and to collect tax money on it. Um, So being that um, Ripple is centralized, I think it's less of a threat uh, to the U.S. government and other governments. And so I think that the centralization, as much as many, you know, very, you know, traditional cryptocurrency people hate that about Ripple, that it's centralized, that there is, you know, uh, a central uh, tracking and database of of what's going on. And so uh, it's not easy, you know, for example, if you're somebody that wants privacy or to, you know, hide money or to, you know, keep yourself, you know, a low profile financially Ripple's not going to be a good place uh, for that because it is centralized, but because it is centralized, it is less uh, of a threat to governments that want to track us. So kind of the good and the bad there. I mean, I get it that people loved Bitcoin because even though there was, uh, you know, the ledger and the blockchain and all of that, there was still uh, some degree of of difficulty for the government to track that. So people like that about Bitcoin because it was it is decentralized. Ripple is centralized. So I think Ripple at 38 cents is a bargain. Uh, if you look at a chart of Ripple for the last year, it looks like there's a really strong base at this price level. So I think Ripple is definitely something to take a look at right now. Um, I don't see much downside to ripple at this point, which is, you know, always a good uh, thing when you're looking at getting into a cryptocurrency. Okay. So for those that want privacy and I'm not advocating cheating on your taxes or any of that kind of thing, I'm just saying for those that want privacy. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. <sighs>